It's the Score North Twin Show. Yeah. What do we what do we do with all this this flood of postseason victories by our twins? We know how to, how to process this. I tweeted this. It has been so long. Like I remember this in because the the Lopez start was so good. I, I mean, as as they talked about on the telecast, especially Adam Wainwright, and he's right. That was a clinic. It's been yeah. so long. When's the last time? And and it's probably santana at some point but i mean a literal like you're watching that game and there was never a time where you're like oh boy <laughs> oh here it comes yeah never there, there was the one there was in the fourth inning he had guys on first and third and then he just hunkers down gets a big strikeout yeah. so you know cool. i i love i love the interview so, sometimes i think these interviews they're they're literally like grabbing guys after they circle the bases like grace lewis hits a home run in the uh, wild card round, he's coming back in just like out of breath. They're like, okay, Royce, what did you see in that pitch? Uh, but Pablo provided great insight into sort of his mindset. He's got yep. this very zen-like yep. approach to to pitching. Um, yeah, your tweet, Judd, was uh, that you referenced was that you were there in 87-91, so you've seen some championship baseball before. And uh, you said, but I'm struggling to process how good the Twins look tonight how clutch Lopez and Correa have been, how well Lewis is running. He was sprinting at one point to third base. They also called yeah. a safety squeeze, which we can talk about. Uh, this doesn't look like Minnesota sports. I mean, if you had been listening a little closer to your cohorts here on the mm-hmm. Scorner Twin Show, we've been telling you since the relaunch of this show back three months ago, this is a bad team, man. Like, not bad in terms of, like, they're bad. Like, this is a this is a badass baseball team at their best, so... We told you so. We told well, you this was possible, Judd. Don't get haughty. Don't get haughty on me now because it's, that's, it's, that's it's a free that roll. Might be, this is house money now. That might be. But is it? Is it house money? Or is this for real? And if it is, that's not house this money. This guy goes that's from being disgusted with this baseball well, team. Now he, now he I, wants, now he I, wants I on the band. No, 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 no. I told you guys, Rocco and I have uh, that the two the two of us have been on the the young guys made a difference. But Pablo's calmness what was great, and Correa, I guess, well, he wasn't clutch last night, but I mean, he was great tonight. So, like, if those things come together, is this a free roll or is this a, now expectations? Very high expectations. <laughs> look at this, Declan. Look at this. Look what's happening here. Now we're now now we're so they've won three playoff games. Now we're setting it. Judd's on the bandwagon. I'm, I'm, he's in the I've front. Seen he's sitting you guys. shotgun. Here I've we seen go. Championships. It's me. <laughs> it's Frankie V. Um. It's Blylevin. It's Tappany. It's Herbeck. I mean, I've been I've been in the car with champions. This is the most incredible 180 I've seen Judd do ever in a three month period. I I mean I've seen we've done some 180s before. On yeah, our well, time together, but. It, it does start with uh, with the kids, though. I mean, Royce Lewis, this team, and now Correa, like a bunch of guys that were not having fun, they're having fun now. Wow, you're getting backlash ben, in the comments here. Ben Ryder says, nope, 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 fine. shut up, Judd. You, you, know don't, what, you don't belong here. You know what, Ben? I've been around a long time. Metrodome, Met Stadium. I've been around a long time. 
Yeah, and, and that and that and that perspective and experience, I think, is what they're they're clowning you for here. Which is, God, you should have taken a deep breath two months ago. No, but here no, we are. No, 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 no. That was never going to happen. Very disgusted. By the now, way, the, motivating this team—that's my only goal. I think they're probably yeah, just combing through your tweets in this podcast for uh, for extra motivation <laughs> after after every inning. Um, by the way, this is the first time. So we talk about the the two streaks that ended in the wild card round. So the eight, the zero and eighteen streak dead, and then the twenty one year playoff uh, series <laughs> losing streak dead. Yeah. Another one. This is kind of just like an arbitrary endpoint one, but. The Twins haven't scored five runs in a playoff game. Tonight, they did. Since October 9th, 2004. So that would have been game four of the 2004 American League Division Series. This was the first time that the offense has scored five runs in a playoff game. Since October 9th, 2004. Let that sink in for a second. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not joking here. Yes, the rest of this is sort of amusing but i'm not joking like what we saw tonight think about the last when, when's the last time forget you know what forget about the twins when's the last time that you didn't white knuckle a playoff win i'm not saying the twins i'm saying vikings timberwolves wild uh, Boy. The, the wild the wild have had the wild occasionally the yeah two runs yeah. even though they've bowed out in six they've they've that's controlled true. some games i'm just trying before, to think of but... like there's not yeah and they they did what the two series, their two first round uh, defeats the last couple of years, they did like what game two and two decks. Is that right? Yeah. They've where they've, they've won handily, two. but you know, what? a but, lot of white knuckling though, but, but this, not, nothing compares to the high of this man. Sunday scaries. They got nothing on a twins. Just oh, ass kicking drink. of the Houston Astros, man. Pop that drink. Dick. God, Dude, just an absolute, not even like, even when, oh. when Brock Stewart gives up, the jack to Alvarez, you're like, whatever, it's Alvarez. The guy hits bombs, like, whatever, six to two, doesn't matter. I even saw there's a couple people tweeting, and I think I might agree with this. It, it was nice to bring in Duran. You get a day off tomorrow, just kind of shut the door. Yeah. But I don't know that you needed to bring him in. I think this game was, yeah. you could have brought in Griffin Jacks, Emilio Pagan, clean inning. You know, I think, you know, that's Varlin right. could have handled that last inning pretty good. That's fire. That's fire in in Duran's right hand right there. Bobblehead. No, it's actually it's a trail of blood from the yeah. cut that he had in uh, game one. Actually, oh, that's, that gross. <laughs> that's um, gross. I do have a pie chart of praise here. A uh, Twins postseason pie chart of praise for you guys. Off the Rock of knows how you feel about pie. This game two victory presented by our friends at Ugly Deck. Ugly mm. Deck has jumped on board here for this postseason run, and we appreciate their support. Uh, tell the audience if they're looking to upgrade their deck situation, where should they turn to, Judd? Uh, they, no, uh, no question about it, should turn to a a deck company that can win you a playoff game. You know what? Can win you a championship. That's how good they are because UglyDeck.com is offering what they're calling a Reserve My Deck Package Now special for the DIYer who wants to build a deck in the spring. So this is for the spring of 2024 and save huge 
This is only for a limited number of customers who reserve their deck package. Now, UglyDeck.com offering up to $1,000 off a full deck package, plus locked in 2023 pricing. Look at those decks right there. They're gorgeous. UglyDeck.com will deliver your deck package to your driveway by May 1st, and you'll be the smartest DIYer on your block. In fact, you're going to save as much as ten grand on your deck build. Remember, with Ugly Deck, you get free plans, a free coach, access to their online deck build academy, and they will install your footings and ledger. You do the rest. You save huge. Um, again, uglydeck.com. Reserve my deck package now. If you are thinking about doing any work on your deck and you enjoy our shows, because as as Phil said, they've jumped on board to help us, please go to uglydeck.com and tell them that uh, the boys from Score North sent you. All right. Uh, actually, I'm getting word from Kyle Farmer. It's now uglyupperdeck.com, if you know yeah. what I mean. I will ask you the question that I asked at the end of Ventline. Uh, Is Kyle Farmer like sort of clutch here? Like he's I the mean, guy that said he was the first guy to say that the streak ends. He was right with Audra. He, he, he was yeah. the first guy to sort of, yeah, on a microphone after they had clinched the playoff spot, the division. Yes. He was the first one to sort of confront it publicly in front of twins fans. Yes. You're talking about the 2022 Cincinnati Reds team MVP too. Okay. So this guy, this well, guy knows what he's talking about. This guy knows what it means to step in cold into a start against a left-handed pitcher and still absolutely rake and put postseason baseballs in the seats. I don't think we knew. So I was at one of those Reds-Twins games at the Great American Ballpark, and we're walking down, you know, got a got a cold beverage and a hot dog in hand going down to our seats, and, like, the crowd, this is, like, you know, 10 minutes before the game, the crowd's cheering and all riled up. I'm like, what's happening right now? And I look down at the Twins dugout, and Kyle Farmer is like waving to the crowd because they were they were honoring Kyle Farmer's 2022 <laughs> season with yeah. the Reds. He was a fan favorite. He was a leader. I think we've you know he's been a good utility player. And, he's a leader, um, but my right. God, like the you know the to to put some distance in there. But he, he's part of the pie chart here, which is also presented by our friends at Hire a Pro. So uh, Hire a Pro appreciate them jumping on board for this postseason run as well. So you can earn a profit off a hail claim. So Let's say you had either baseballs raining down or you had hail raining down. You know, roofers do it all the time uh, in terms of making a profit. When they ask for your insurance check, they know all the materials to order, the crew to hire, the negotiation process, everything. Hire a pro steps in, takes care of this for you so that you can actually earn money off of your hail claim. Let them sit down with you on your approved claim and they'll knock it out of the park for you. So if insurance has approved your roof replacement, give Hire a Pro a call at 651-402-3400. That's 651-402-3400. Or go to hireA.pro. That's hireA.pro. That's the website you can go to. All right, boys, I got five slices. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Of pie for you here. It's a pie chart of praise for a Game 2 victory. We'll start. Uh, we'll start at the bottom here. You know, actually, I was going to give a bigger slice to this person, but then something weird happened, sort of two thirds of the way through the game that we can discuss, and so I actually reduced the slice. Rocco Baldelli gets five percent of my pie chart of praise here. So for one, and some of this is probably like front office helping out, but I love the lineup tonight. I loved. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a pretty obvious move against a lefty to bring in some right-handed hitters. Now. Uh, Framber actually has reverse splits this season where lefties have like a 50 points higher OPS against him than righties do. 
but the Twins stuck to their guns. We're going to load the lineup up with right-handed hitters, Kyle Farmer being one of them. He hits the big two-run homer, puts the Twins up three to nothing. Um, you know, Julian didn't start the game, comes in later, right? Like, I just like the way that he sort of juggled things uh, compared to game one here. And some of these are just moves that we probably would have made too against the left-handed pitcher. But uh, but Rocco deserves credit for pushing some some good buttons here. And then I think for leaving Pablo Lopez in, he could have taken him out after, what, six innings? Rides him over 100 pitches. He's going to get the full amount of rest before maybe pitching later in the series. So just trusting his guy to go out there and and get the outs when he's a hot pitcher. Because we've seen in the past, like, ah, oh, I don't know if he should face these guys a third time. He's up around 80, 85 pitches. No, this guy's a horse, man. Let him go out there. He's your ace. And let him deal, right? I dinged Rocco a little. I had him at like 10% pie chart of praise. I didn't love the safety squeeze with Royce Lewis's hamstring on third base. It's like, mm-hmm. God, they just, they, they're up 5 nothing. They've got the Astros on the ropes. If someone puts a ball into a gap somewhere now, is it 7 to nothing? Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't love the small ball sort of uh, death by paper cuts strategy there. Plus Royce Lewis going back and forth with the hamstring. So I dinged him a little bit there, but in general, he pushed a lot of good buttons, and I like that he left Pablo Lopez in. So 5% goes to Rocco. Did you like the Polanco bunt? I, Generally speaking, I hate bunting, period, especially with guys who get on base at a high clip without bunting. So I'm just like generally did not like the bunting tonight, I guess. Okay. That's my general Fair take. Enough. I was fine with the sack bunt, and I also and I saw tweets saying, well, Royce Lewis was going first to third, no problem. It's like, well, that is a different heads-up baseball play of a baseball player knowing that he can get to third base and not having someone do a sacrifice or a safety squeeze to get a dude that's going to now go back and forth with a weird hamstring strain. Just felt like a very interesting bet up five to nothing to try to do a safety squeeze when you have a guy who's not on ice necessarily, like, but he's... Sitting a little bit on eggshells, if one bad step goes awry, he's out of the lineup and out of a playoff series. So I just didn't like the safety squeeze call. Yeah, and if he was 100%, he'd be playing third base. So like we, we know that he's something less than 100%. We don't know exactly where he's at. But Rocco, nice job leaving Pablo in. Not sure about the safety squeeze. Another 5% of my five slices goes to Kyle Farmer. He comes in. He's played his role very well this season. Comes in, plays, plays third base, gets the big home run to create some breathing room. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I'm even giving him sort of like part of this pie is him just starting off the festivities. As we talked about uh, the champagne celebration with, Hey, we're going to stare this streak in the face. We're not going to be afraid of it. He was sort of the figurehead for that. And then it culminates with him hitting a big home run in, uh, in game two here. So Kyle Farmer. And while I would not have, um, I much prefer by about a thousand percent, the fact that Korea came back here and play short, and is great there. I did feel a little bit more confident going into tonight's game with Farmer at third and Polanco back at second. And, and Polanco actually made a nice play at third last night. Um, but I think far, I think Farmer for the role that in some ways he accidentally fell into when Correa's deals with the Giants and Mets came apart. I, I think that use of Kyle Farmer being available and a really good clubhouse guy, but you don't put a ton on his plate from a playing perspective has worked out really well. Mm-hmm. 
Also like the decision too of even though Julian was coming in, he did his job. He drives in the run. You don't then tempt fate by putting him at second, Polanco at third. They just said screw it. That's Julian's appearance. Mm-hmm. We'll yep. put in Andrew Stevenson. You got outfield defense there. You got some speed there. They also didn't get too cute even after that substitution too, which I liked. Yeah, I mean even going back to like the Rocco thing or whoever's helping Rocco put together lineups on a daily basis. There was just a comfort factor knowing that Polanco was back at second base, made a couple nice plays, having your defense feel more like it should. And I get that they're in a tough spot against right-handed starting pitchers because you want Julian in the lineup, but Royce Lewis also has to be in the lineup and he can't play third base yet. But it all kind of falls into place because you you can a little more safely keep Julian out of the lineup against left-handed pitchers. You know, I still don't think that's an automatic decision, but it, it looked really good tonight. Obviously, this was their best uh, offensive output in uh, 20 years, 19 years. Uh, okay, another 5%. So this is our third chunk of pie here, another another 5%. So up to 15% here. Goes to Derek Falvey for acquiring Pablo Lopez last offseason. Now, I personally, I liked the acquisition of Lopez. I didn't love that they that they were sort of in a spot as an organization where they had to give up Luis Arise to get pitching. Yeah. Uh, so I think as you look at this thing, they clearly knew something about Edward Julian and his ability to come in and just take great at bats as a rookie that uh, you know, maybe idiots like us weren't either privy to or just didn't have confidence in. So the fact that they were dealing from such a position of strength and surplus made it make a lot more sense. And I don't think anybody would argue for the inverse at this point. Would you rather run that trade backwards, right? Would you rather trade Pablo Lopez and have Luis arise right now? The answer is no, it would make zero sense for this team. So, uh, so 5% to Derek Falvey for having some foresight from a okay. position of strength, trading from it and getting clearly uh, an excellent starting pitcher here that has no fear of the Astros or anything in the postseason. And yeah, I, so and I, I think the show has been very consistent since that trade was made that we never, uh, we never dumped on Pablo, and w- when they act, when they signed him, he struggled a little bit. But when they signed him to that extension, too, it made perfect sense. Um, the only thing that we, I think, we all said was Derek Falvey was supposed to be a pitching whisperer. So, like, you really haven't found a lot of of it yet. You've traded for that, but the positionless issue of like the Julians and Arises definitely played a, a role. You'd be hard pressed to find though in in Minnesota sports more of a win win trade than this one. Because if you're the Marlins, you're like, okay, yeah, we traded a really good player pitcher, but you know what? Got a batting champion who fills in a very important position for them. So I don't know how many trades have benefited both teams that have been made by the teams in this town, but this this one is like atop that that list. I think both sides would say you know what? We probably wouldn't undo it because we're both extremely pleased by the trades. Yeah. And look, finding good pitching is difficult. They've just decided that they can trade for those assets like they've done with Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan. I mean, Bailey Ober is probably their best homegrown product. He was a 12th round pick uh, in the 2000, is it 17? Yeah, 2017 draft. Um, it's not like, you know, Cleveland and L.A., the Dodgers, that is, are just like the exception to the rule where it's like whoever has a glove and an arm for them, I don't know what it is. They just have something in their secret sauce that they just produce absurd studs on the mound. But when they've had to find it on the trade market, for the most part, they've actually done a pretty good job of it. Yeah. 
Okay, that brings us to uh, the fourth of five slices here. 40% to Pablo Lopez himself. Just an absolute stud performance tonight. Two stud performances in the playoffs so far. He breaks the 0 for 18, and then he comes in here. If they lose this game, it becomes really hard. Then now you got to win three straight against a really good lineup. The Twins just took this series back in large part because Pablo Lopez was out there for seven innings shoving against championship caliber hitters, right? Like the big strikeout to end the fourth with runners at the corners, the tying run to the plate. This is the type of scenario where things usually go awry for the twins in playoff games. (laughs) And he just sort of rises above all of it. I mean, everything from wearing Johan Santana's Jersey to the ballpark before uh, the game one start in the last round against the blue Jays to walking into a pretty hostile baseball environment in a small ballpark against a really good lineup. Just everything about this dude screams number one starter, completely unaffected. And by the way, I think if this thing gets to a game five, I think it's going to be Pablo Lopez against Justin Verlander. That's what in they a game said. Five. That's yep. what they t- talked about on the telecast. Yes, they said that's your game five match. And, How about and, that? And maybe this is crazy, but I would rather have Pablo Lopez as my starting pitcher in that game the way he's been pitching lately. And Verlander was super shaky through his first like 30 or 35 pitches, and he's 40 years old. I think I would take this version of Pablo Lopez over that version of Justin Verlander for that game five. I don't think as, I would swap them. As a sports fan, just, oh, my God, that's oh, so yeah. much fun. As a I would, base, I mean, yeah. that, that would be, yes, that would be like, and for a local team to be involved in that game five, oh, would that be fun? Yeah, I mean, as a baseball playoff nut who loves this stuff, I mean, sign me up for that. I would love a two-to-one epic, just two guys shoving on the mound. I feel like you would probably have a heart time. attack if in that scenario. Are you sure you want that, Declan? You get nervous that. about, like, game two in a wild card round. No, game five that. ALDS is a... No, I want that. Okay. No, I, 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 want, I want that heat. Do you yeah, remember want... game five from O2? Yes. The Gordado stuff? Okay. Mm-hmm. That was like, I, I mean, Gordado... Yeah. By the way, a modern manager would have pulled Gordado after like the second run scored, but that was such a t- well, not Gardy though. Not in that day. I stick with my this guys. Is our closer. We this is the end yeah. of the line right here. Ride or die. <laughs> and that brings us to the uh, fifth slice of pie. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. A forty-five percent chunk to Ooh. Carlos Correa. Oh, I wondered how you were going to split that up. Okay. He, I, I mean, if you want to fight me and say that Pablo Lopez should have a bigger slice, but from setting the tone with the RBI double early two more RBI in the fifth inning we're getting in a couple great defensive plays including to end the game right just an absolute stud performance all around yeah we're getting now that the the planter fasciitis is sort of in the rearview mirror now that that thing tore and he feels as good as he's felt all season mm-hmm. we're getting the full version of one of the greatest postseason performers like a healthy version of yeah. one of the greatest postseason performers in baseball history. He has more career postseason RBIs than Derek Jeter and David Ortiz after tonight. And wow. he is playing for the Minnesota Twins in the heart of a playoff race right now. He just, much like Royce Lewis, we talked about this, like, you know, the swagger factor, game one, ALCS, just Royce Lewis just had that Kirby Puckett sort of vibe to him. Correa brings a different personality, but it's all of the same swagger. 
you know, every, even like the gamesmanship with the umpire, just like the confidence and the bravado he has to basically look back and call the guy a dumbass without getting tossed, you know, <laughs> to call yes. time and walk out of the batter's box and show the guy up without getting tossed. You know, he's, I don't know, man, we're, um, for, for, for as disappointing as it was to watch him sort of flail his way through last season and for his just physical capabilities to be limited this season, this is what they paid for right here. And it has helped them win their first three playoff games in two decades. It's a blast to watch. He is uh, so far now in the playoffs, eight for 15. He's hitting 533 with an OPS of 1,000 plus. So, yes, it's been absolutely incredible and yeah. and i don't know if it's all be- because the uh plantar fascia tore or if it's more because yes that tore but he's also just incredibly clutch now but um it is interesting to watch a guy and and i guess pablo also deserves credit it's interesting to watch two guys like that especially wearing minnesota jerseys who look that in control when the pressure is that high mm-hmm. Because I've always it rubs off on other guys too. hundred percent. I've but but I mean you know how how many uh, many athletes have we seen in this town who it feels like they're about to pee down their pant leg, like you know the pressure gets high and it's like oh my god you you, Most you can tell them. you can tell yeah, yeah. and yeah <laughs> it 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 rubs off one hundred percent where like now because nobody else feels because th- those guys exude so much confidence and actually embrace the pressure. Nobody else feels like they have to pick up that slack. Like they're just along for the ride now. And that's not a discredit. That's a, that makes their life seem easier. So yeah, it's remarkable. And I I could have seen splitting the, those two slices of pie evenly as well, but it's, they're both, they were both really, really impressive. And it was nice to see as a whole tonight as well, the clutch gene, right? Cause like, like, Game one, it's like, come on. What, one for 12 with guys in scoring position? Tonight, it was really nice to see, like, just this whole confidence. And as we talked about as well, you know what? You come home 1-1. One, one. You come home 1-1. Mission accomplished. One, one. Mission exactly. Accomplished. Exactly. Now, get, now, Tuesday's game, you know, with Gray on the Hill is incredibly important. Don't get me wrong. But if anyone, if any Twins fan had been asked, all right, when they get back here on Tuesday, it's going to be 1-1. I'd be hard-pressed to think a lot of fans w- would have said, oh, no, 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 you're going to win them yeah, both. But this is so, why, like, after, we did the recap after last night's game, and this is why I just felt like, and I know that uh, you can't just give away a game in a five-game series. I get that, but they weren't supposed to win game one. They're literally running out, like, their number three or number four starter as a sacrificial lamb against Justin Verlander. If they can win series over but they lost houston held serve and then if you look at the next two or three games the twins have a pitching advantage starting with pablo lopez against framber valdez and i think of the three games i think this was probably the most evenly matched pitching matchup on paper and the twins won it and so now you get it's uh it's going to be sunny gray in game three at target field against uh right-hander christian javier it's a 26 year old right-hander Big time fly ball pitcher. I just, dude, like, I haven't seen the uh, like the initial spread for this, and maybe it's out on like Action Network, but this is probably the most lopsided on paper pitching matchup of any of the three games so far. 
maybe even like including game one. And I mean, I don't know what the Vegas odds are going to say, but I think Sonny Gray at home against Christian Javier, uh, an extreme flyball pitcher against this Twins lineup that loves to hit towering fly balls. <laughs> I love this matchup for the Twins. And then we get into a Joe Ryan situation probably in game four with the backing of Pablo Lopez in game five, if you get that far. Like winning game two has put the Twins absolutely in the driver's seat for this series. So we'll see what happens. There's your pie chart of, uh, of praise. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Eat up, Carlos. Eat up, Pablo. Looks like the spread's at one and a half, and it's one and a half right now for all three baseball playoff games, two tomorrow between Braves, Phillies, and D-backs and Dodgers. Um, but I love Sonny Gray's chances here to basically bulldog his way again. And that, and even in game two against Toronto, like he didn't have his A stuff, but he also just knows being a 10-year vet of how to pitch in stressful situations. Um, in fact, I think even with his splits this year, he is nearly unhittable with two outs and runners in scoring position. So he kind of thrives in that. So perfect dude to possibly set you up going up against an Astros team that won the World Series last year. But my God, if you go up and take game three and you have two games to close this out and judging by what's happening in Texas and Baltimore, like Texas is probably going to win that series. So, I mean, they're up 2-0 and they're going back home with, with, with a lead here. So this is going to be a very interesting, I think game three will obviously tell us a lot about how good this Twins team is, to be honest. Pounce early, offensively. Mm-hmm. Pounce, jump them. Jump them quickly, right? Score three, four runs. Jump them. And, and you're going to put – because here's, here's what they have going for them as well, just as an intangible. If you come out on Tuesday afternoon and you get off to a good start, especially with the bats, that place is, is going to go crazy. And I, I heard, I guess – and I'm sure he's right – Baldelli actually, so the Astros had the roof open tonight. It was, by the way, only the second time all season, I guess May 1st. Uh, but beyond that, it was closed. And they asked Baldelli, uh, if the roof is open or closed here, do you think that there is an advantage insinuating that the Astros crowd, when the roof is closed, makes a ton of noise? And Baldelli's response was, I don't think so, because in his opinion, the target field crowd for the two games there was louder than with the roof closed in Houston for game one. Wow. And I don't doubt he's right. That place was rocking. Um, and so if you can come out on Tuesday, score three or four runs early, and Gray gets rolling, you are going that place is going to be a madhouse. Yeah. And and like I get it because Astros fans have been to the top of the mountain twice. Yeah. So they're excited, I'm sure, but they're not going to be like peak emotional cloud nine trying to help, trying to help your team in the American league division. This is like uncharted territory for a generation of twins fans. And so they're at the ballpark. They're making noise. They see that they can make an impact. We we saw the pickoff play, like you said, so get there and be loud in game three fans in this town. If they are given a reason to be positive are incredibly involved. Yes, give them something to chew yeah. on. Give them something to to believe in, mm-hmm. and uh, they will they will likely repay you. So, mm-hmm. by the way, um, I don't if, I don't know if this is if this is what you meant or if this is what you were looking at, but I'm just looking at Declan the the uh, the opening line for this game, uh, the money line for Game oh, yeah. Three, Twins minus one fifty two. 
Mm-hmm. So Twins are a pretty decent sized favorite in, in game three. Interesting. Uh, by the way, I have the lineup for the last time the Twins scored six runs in a playoff game here. That would have been October 6th of 2004. It was game two of the American League Division Series against the Yankees. So this is the last time they scored six runs in a playoff game, which they hit tonight. You had Shannon Stewart leading off. He went 0 for 6 in that game. Really tough one there for Shannon Stewart. Jacques Jones, Torrey Hunter went 3 for 6. I think he might have hit a bomb in this game. Yeah, Torrey Hunter hit a home run. And, oh, and the, oh, the 12th inning home run. That's right. And then the Yankees came back and won 7 to 6. Yikes. Uh, Justin Morneau batted cleanup. Corey Kosky, Jason Kubel was DHing in that game for the Twins. A young Jason Kubel. He also went 0 for 6. Uh, Christian Guzman, Michael Kadire playing second base in this game. And then Henry Blanco started the yeah. game at catcher, but then Jose Offerman pinch hit for him, and Pat Borders came in and finished the game at catcher. I don't even remember Pat Borders Pat was Borders. a twins. I forgot, I forgot Pat, Borders. Pat Borders. For long, long time Blue Jay, right? He was definitely a Blue Jay staple. Yeah, dude. That's Pat, interesting. Pat, so Pat we Borders. We had a lot of slappies come through as backup uh, catchers, Blanco, Borders. God, he played for a lot. He played for teams. nine teams. This actually might be a good mostly the Blue Jays, but yeah. he played for Didn't nine Don, teams. Did Don Slot play here? Who or Tom Prince? Tom Prince Pi- did. Pirates catcher. Oh, okay, yeah, Tom Prince, uh, Pirates catcher. Again, we we've had a phenomenal amount of like journeyman catchers. Oh, it's great. Here. Yeah, basically. I mean, think about even like some of the like the good twins teams where you had, I mean, Laudner wasn't really a journeyman because he played no. exclusively for the twins. Yep. Um, but you had like Lenny Webster was your backup catcher for a while, and then in the '90s you had like Matt Walbeck and Junior Chad Ortiz. Moeller, Junior Ortiz, Scotty East, personal catcher. Yeah. Let's uh, let's bookmark Pat Borders the next time the Twins are on an AL Central grid because he played for everyone but Detroit in the AL Central. Okay, Cleveland. Oh, he was a White Sox too. He was a, yeah for oh, like a half that. season he played for the White Sox in nineteen ninety six. Amazing. Oh my God, that's great. So, all right, boys, there's your pie chart of praise after a game the Rock knows to victory. How you feel about pie. Day oh, off fun. tomorrow. I think we'll still do a score on our Twin show tomorrow and an immaculate grid. Some like so. some day after thoughts. Leading into uh, the home games here. And if you're hanging out with us here live on the Score North YouTube channel, thank you. If you could click the subscribe button and the like button, you can help us keep spreading the word and building this awesome community of Minnesota sports fans. And on the podcast side, on the Score North Twin Show podcast feeds, Apple and Spotify, if you could please give us a five-star rating and a positive review to help us, uh, same thing, keep building this thing as we go forward. So awesome, dudes. All right. Good day here in Scorn Northland. Finally got a victory oh, this weekend. I was going to say, yeah, we got one. I got to go fight with PJ on Vikings Vent Line a little bit more so <laughs> before I go to bed. So got to do that, and I'll see you guys later. All right, Scorn North Twin Show here where we need a new slogan at some point. We don't know what they're going to do the next couple weeks, but this is a blast.